evening, I'm Christian Esguera and welcome to this episode of After the Fact, where we get to see things more clearly, where we get a better sense of the truth. Let's begin by dissecting the news. COVID-19 cases again on the rise following the holiday festivities. Today's numbers. More than 10,000 new cases, mostly in Metro Manila, Central Luzon, and the Calabarzon region. Health officials assume this current surge, which now threatens to overwhelm hospitals, is driven by the more infectious Omicron variant. Tonight, we'll try to better understand this Omicron variant, how it differs from previous mutations, and how to deal with it. Be part of our discussion. Send us your questions and comments on our YouTube live chat or tweet us using the hashtag ANC after the fact. With us tonight is infectious diseases specialist, Dr. Ronjin Solante. He is also a member of the Philippines' Vaccine Experts Panel. Good evening, uh, Dr. Ronjin, and thank you for joining us again on the program. Yes, uh, good evening, Christian, and good evening also to our uh, viewers. Okay, let's take this opportunity to answer basic questions and misconceptions about the ongoing uh, surge that we're experiencing now, driven presumably by the Omicron variant. First off, how dangerous really is the Omicron variant and how does it differ compared to, let's say, the Delta variant? Okay, so uh, this Omicron variant versus Delta variant, one is this is more transmissible. Uh, very highly transmissible virus compared to the Delta, twice or three times as highly transmissible. Second, uh, can it cause severe infection or severe disease, severe stage of COVID? Yes, it can, but the uh, majority of the cases so far we have encountered are mostly mild cases, and that does, that's also the experience in other countries. Compared to Delta, where there are more hospitalization and there were more uh, severe uh, cases. In terms of uh, reducing effectiveness of vaccine, this, uh, this uh, virus also has more uh, ability to reduce effectiveness of vaccine. That's why we are rolling out booster doses for those who receive the primary vaccine series in order to increase our protection against the Omicron variant. So those are the three important uh, differences between a Delta and that of an Omicron variant. How about in terms of symptoms? Is there a way to somehow, without having to go through a test, somehow are there indicators that someone might have, might have already contracted the Omicron variant compared to, let's say, Delta or the common cold? It's, it's really very difficult. no. And I should say there's, there's no symptoms that will differentiate whether you have Delta, whether you have flu, or whether you have Omicron because all of this, pass to our upper respiratory tract and can cause any type of mild symptoms ranging from ordinary cough, uh, sore throat, nasal congestion, or even low-grade fever and even body aches. These are symptoms also that can also be seen with Delta. These are also symptoms that can also be seen with uh, flu. So it's, it's very difficult. But how will you know now that this is Omicron and not flu? Because of the prevailing data that the current transmission is really an Omicron variant because of its high transmissibility, then we have to presume that all of those who may have all those symptoms that I have mentioned should be treated as an Omicron and should be isolated soon as possible time. Okay. I think a lot of uh, people have, let's say, gotten news of relatives, friends, exhibiting certain symptoms, which might be 
uh, indicators of uh, the Omicron variant. So what is basically is a protocol. Let's say someone exhibits some, if not all of the symptoms that you mentioned. Should they get tested right away? Okay. The testing is still important in our aspect of dealing with this uh, pandemic because we should know what, what you're dealing with. So, for example, if you have access to testing and you have all those of symptoms, then it may have an added in information that you need to isolate and the more that you need to do contact tracing. Okay? But if you don't have that accessibility to, to the test, then it's better that you self-isolate yourself and then you inform all of your contacts, especially in the household, because this variant been proven to have a very high secondary attack among households. So meaning if one is positive in the household, 30 to 40% of that uh, people in the household can also get the infection. So they have to quarantine and they, they should also be staying at home, separate from the one that is symptomatic. But if uh, there are no facilities or no available rooms for isolation in the house, uh, what are the options? Should they contact the local government and have themselves uh, themselves uh, transferred to an isolation facility? Yes, correct. That's that's the the other option, especially close coordination with the barangay. And the barangay will have to do the contact tracing. They can offer the test, and they can also get the test free, you know, without any charge. And uh, the option there is that uh, if there are no proper uh, uh, room for isolation in that household, then they have to be taken out and referred to a, a temporary treatment uh, isolation facility. Okay. If someone that's exhibits uh, some of those symptoms that you mentioned or has, has in fact tested positive for Omicron, does that person need to automatically go to the hospital and seek treatment? Okay. As much as possible, we discourage those with mild symptoms because they will only congest and they can also uh, put more pressure on the hospital. We know that hospitals now, healthcare workers are also infected and also isolated. No? So as much as possible, if we can prevent getting them into the hospital, because we only encourage hospitalization if they already have the more bordering on the moderate to severe form of the COVID infection. And uh, as much as possible, if you are in the younger population, you only have very mild symptoms, you just monitor yourself at home, okay? And isolate 10 days. And for those who, has, uh, who have uh, contact, no? if that particular positive is in contact with other people uh, at home, then they should also be quarantined uh, uh, for seven days for fully vaccinated. And if not vaccinated, they have to quarantine themselves for 14 days. Okay. So if this, uh, if this is a, a non-mild case, right? So this can be managed at home. What basically does one need to do to be able to properly manage this at home? Okay. So you eat properly. You hydrate yourself. You rest. Those are the important things. And of course, you still have to monitor yourself. If you see some signs that you have difficulty of breathing, walking, you have difficulty of breathing, then that can be an early sign that you need to be uh, admitted in the hospitals. And these are so common only among those highly vulnerable population, like the elderly, those who have a lot of comorbidities. No? But otherwise, with, with only sore throat, cough, body ache, body malaise, then you just need to rest and, and isolate yourself. That, that's very important to reduce 
risk of uh, transmitting to other people. Don't go, don't go out, don't work, don't force yourself. Sometimes you need just to take, some people are taking paracetamol because they want to work, something like that. No, that, that should not be the, 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 the approach. You have those symptoms, just isolate yourself so that uh, you're not be able also to transmit the infection to other people, especially in the workplace. Okay, speaking of paracetamol, uh, we've heard of stories of uh, drugstores running out of supplies of specific brands of paracetamol. Basically, what do you tell to the people who might be panicking? They're in a rush to, to purchase, let's say, uh, paracetamol, but they're going for specific brands. Yeah, any brands is uh, any brand of your paracetamol is okay, no? as long as uh, it's in, in, in accredited or in the, in the pharmacy or in the hospital or in the in in uh, in any other, so you don't need to look for a particular brand because uh, uh, it's paracetamol is still paracetamol. Okay, so in this case, is the incubation period of the Omicron variant similar to the other variants of uh, the virus that causes COVID nineteen? Yes, yes, so far no, and uh, I think it 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 has not changed even with this uh, variants of concern. The only that thing that has changed is that. Uh, it is highly transmissible. So a lot of these people that will be getting the infection that will be exposed will still have the symptoms on the third, fourth day after the first contact of the index case. And then they will start to have those mild symptoms. Same as uh, before, uh, any other variants of concern. Okay. Does the Omicron variant have any specific uh, effect on, let's say, you mentioned the, the vulnerable uh, groups, right? So those with comorbidities. But how about, let's say, pregnant women and their unborn child? Yes, any vulnerable population, and that pertains to those six years old and above, those who are obese, those with comorbidities like diabetes or hypertension, including uh, pregnant population, are, are, are higher risk. No, That if they will get uh, an Omicron, it doesn't seem to be that uh, they will just get it, get the mild form. No, it, There's a possibility, higher possibility that they can be severe. For the pregnant uh, women, how about the yes. children? The for, unborn children? For the, for, for the <laughs> unborn children in pregnant women that will be infected, then there's also a possibility of, uh, of uh, uh, catastrophic or uh, complication that will also be uh, dangerous to the, the unborn child. Okay. How about the impact of, uh, how does the Omicron variant, let's say, affect an unvaccinated person compared to someone who has been fully vaccinated and who has gotten a booster shot? Okay. So if we're going to compare all this, these three, so you have the, the, an, an individual with the primary vaccine series, a second individual with the primary vaccine series and boosted, and a third individual unvaccinated. Who gets to have the, the an Omicron? All of them are high risk. They can still get the Omicron, but the highest risk to get the Omicron easily are those unvaccinated, compared to the vaccinated with booster, and then you have the vaccinated without the booster. Now, who will be developing more severe symptoms? Of course, the one that is unvaccinated compared to those unvaccinated uh, vaccinated. So in short, all of them can get sick with the Omicron variant. It yes, just depends on how severe the, the effect would be. Yes, yes, correct. Okay, so in that case, uh, are there data showing that, for instance, most of the hospitalizations, hospitalizations that, we have, uh, that we are seeing now 
might have been triggered by the Omicron variant, similar to other countries? I, I think yes, no? because uh, the way we look at transmissibility, uh, like in threes or fours of relatives that has been on uh, having parties during the holidays, in the healthcare setting, and in the workplace, it seemed that this is already Omicron that we're dealing with. So far, how, how have the uh, Omicron-driven surge surges affected, for instance, uh, hospital facilities, for instance, the Lazarus Hospital, where you work? Yes. Uh, uh, most hospitals now, healthcare workers in most hospitals, I would say general, generally, no, that uh, has, has, has been uh, also affected by the numbers of healthcare workers that are positive with an Omicron variant. Majority are mild cases, but even if they are mild, you need to isolate these people. You need to isolate them, and isolating them for 10 days uh, will really uh, affect the function of most of these hospitals, especially in the emergency room, in the OPD, and more or less in, in those who are taking care of COVID uh, cases in most of these hospitals. There is also fear that uh, because of the ongoing Omicron surge, this might give rise to a more risky uh, mutation later on. How likely is that? Well, whether you have this Omicron, this mutation in the Omicron variant, uh, the, the, this variant of concern only tells us that there is still a possibility that more mutations can, can come, more heavily mutated variants of concern is still a possibility until such time everyone is vaccinated. Okay, and, uh, and I think this is something that we need to always remind us that uh, even when you are vaccinated, fully vaccinated, you still need to protect yourselves by following the health protocol. The unvaccinated will be the specific population that will really be at higher risk, especially with this highly transmissible uh, variant of concern. Okay, I remember before this Omicron variant hit the country, there were optimistic pronouncements saying that we have achieved a particular level of population protection, right? So they don't use the term herd immunity. So they use the term population protection. But my question now is, is this enough to somehow minimize or cushion the impact of this ongoing surge? Or that yes. basically we haven't uh, vaccinated enough people to be able to put up that strong a shield or defense system? Yes. Uh, the current understanding is that vaccines still work against severe infection. It may not fully work against getting infected, but at least if you, if you are vaccinated, you are better off compared to unvaccinated in terms of developing the more severe infection. And there are data to, to support that. Okay. Dr. Ronjin Solante, thank you very much for joining us tonight on the program. Keep safe, sir. Thank you and stay safe, uh, Christian. We're going to take a quick break after the fact will be right back. 